Across the globe, we see reality being reimagined. We see the North Pole and its dwindling dominion of ice. The enormous glaciers, ordinarily so staid and stoic, are decidedly no longer so. They pitch against one another eagerly, fusing together as they do to form peaks that reach towards the sky. Through the misty rime, we can see lights twinkling and hear the sound of mirthful bells. We see a vast desert, rolling waves of gold burnished by the unyielding radiance above. The sand begins to move, building from a slow swirl into a raging storm that blots out the sun. Through the tempest we see shapes emerge, chaotic at first but then coalescing into walls and ceilings and windows, halls and chambers, and everywhere lofty pillars fortifying this city of sand. In the warm waters off the coast of Queensland, the peaceful marine swell is broken by a surfacing leviathan, a pastel titan of living coral, a golem of the reef, brimming with colorful sea life that sways playfully to and fro. The painted bands of Yong Yadanshia's rainbow mountains ripple like the northern lights as the formations rumble to life. The serenely reflective surface of the Oyuni salt flats become a perfect mirror reflecting not just the stars above, but the stories they tell. And in the Skariswara ice caves, those looking into the crystals see the reflection of those long since past staring back at them. Across the world we see those who behold these marvels, wanderers and travelers, townsfolk and tourists. A harlequin light dances across their eyes, held wide in wonderment, as they begin to see the world not for what it is, but for what it could be. One by one we see their eyes shrouded by sleek white bands. And from the remaining twelve seals of magic, a dozen spheres of surreality blossom and begin reaching out towards one another. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Hannah. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Hannah, and I play JR the Crooked. Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. And Tio. Hello. I play Constance the Expert. We open just outside of the sphere, Vol's Paracosm, where you and your allies have just arrived. Its surface swirls tempestuously, hopelessly distorting your view of anything within. There's really no comparison for the sheer scale of its presence at this point. It's like standing in the shadow of a mountain. You can actually see it growing as you size it up, pushing out towards you quickly enough that after a few minutes, you have to retreat to avoid being enveloped. What do you do? Growl at it angrily. Okay, how's that go? How, d- how does the growling go? Rawr. <laughs> wow. Did it work? <laughs> I'm sorry. <Glenn? laughs> uh, there is no response from the sphere. <laughs> I pick up a, a rock <laughs> on the ground <laughs> and I throw it at the sphere. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing that our dog does to the thing that it doesn't understand, which yeah. is growl and then bark and then bark more and then louder and then more. Yep. <laughs> Constance, you toss a spare pebble into the, the sphere and you can see it fall through and land on the ground. It gets kind of hard to keep track of it uh, after mm. that. Like you can see it and it sort of shifts in and out of focus and view behind this swirling kaleidoscopic surface. Okay, I turn to JR 
JR, have you ever watched Evan and Caitlin on YouTube? Plug. Is he the ex-Mormon? No. Are they in canon now? Evan and Caitlin is in every universe ever. They're an adorable couple and they do DIY home improvement and they're wonderful. They're nexus entities. They are nexus entities. Anyway, (laughs) Constance says, the number one thing I've learned from their channel is that you want to have your safety gear on before you play with resin because resin will get everywhere on everything and then it will harden and you'll never be able to get rid of it. That is that the resin? Is the resin. And we That's don't want the resin. we don't want that goop on us. That goop could be mind control goop. So is there like a magical prote- protect protective gear? We could some sort of magical shielding. I'm and then she just kind of trails off. The three of you hear a long, exasperated sigh come from behind you, Mm -hmm. and you see Dorian leaning up against Black Beauty, manicuring his fingernails, (laughs) and he says, Mm -hmm. Come on now. A little magic never hurt anyone. Yeah. Elvin probably wants to just go through the thing. Are you offering to help? Because- Dorian hoists himself up to his his full stature, takes several long strides, and then passes through the surface of the sphere. And almost like you're underwater or he's underwater, so it's it's distorted, but you can hear him shout back sort of languidly, come on in, the water is just fine. Alvin bares his teeth and then walks in, carrying all three or four people who are on his back Ah, also, by the way. (laughs) Well, I guess we're doing this because I'm Into on the back. resin. Into the resin. <laughs> the three of you, uh, and by extension, Alvin, since you are a mode of transportation bearing most of your companions, pass through the surface of the sphere. Almost immediately, you can feel that thick, damp humidity of magic. It is sweltering, even more intense than the basement of the lab was. Your skin almost feels like sticky as you pass through. And you can see Dorian up ahead just skipping. Just skipping <laughs> down the road that you are traveling on. Follow the yellow brick road. Uh, Quinn, couple things. First, what is the status of the people, the Cyclops hat? We gotta come up with a name for these folks. The zombies? The Vol droids. Yeah. Vols believers Vol is what droids. I have them believers. in my notes. Well, uh, okay. We got past them. They're not by us anymore. There's like a ring yeah, of them you, emanating you broke through from the, line, the lab. Basically. Okay, so they're the just like trucking forward then. Okay. They're off to convert the rest of the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do not see any of them in the immediate vicinity, JR. Okay. I'm also going to say that normally JR would find this incredibly sexy. Like, this amount of magic is actually, like, mildly uncomfortable. I feel like I could do a lot with it. I feel very magically inclined. I also just feel very, like, yeah, it's sticky. Yeah, I mean, I think you and Alvin probably feel it most acutely. Mm-hmm. Maybe Pax. Yeah, but Pax oh, yeah. You can, Like, you feel the same way. Hmm. Perhaps just not to the same extent. Alvin is drooling uncontrollably. You know what I... I think it would have been very funny if one of the things that we prepped before we left was just like a little heart rate monitor on everybody to see if their heart rate starts spiking as they're surrounded by magic. Just a curiosity. You know, we might as well do science while we're- You've got a role for this sort of thing. Oh, I do have a role for this sort of thing. Preparedness. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you want 
we're stretching the rules a little bit, but I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, if you want to have hooked everyone up to <laughs> some sort of heart rate monitor on an, on like like an app Fitbit. that you can Everyone's monitor from your phone, yeah, give me a preparedness roll. I like it. Okay. That actually, because of my sharp, is still a nine. On a seven and nine, you have it, but not here. It will take some time to get. I think we're going to borrow the armory mixed success here, as we've done sometimes. On a seven and nine, you have it, but only the minimum. I think maybe you have literal Fitbits. I think you just literally gave everyone a Fitbit and like had Kristen hack it all to feed into your phone. So like you have the data that a Fitbit would give you. So yep, (laughs) yeah, I mean, like everyone's heart rate is like wildly spiked, Um, except I think Jasper refused to put one on. uh, (laughs) Yeah, of course. That's squares. That's squares. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everyone's heart rate is up significantly. Uh, although, honestly, I don't know if you can tell if that's like the effects of magic specifically or just like people are fucking amped. Like your whole <laughs> yeah. crew, like this is unprecedented. Yeah. Hey, science, look, you still got to do research, even in the middle of the apocalypse or whatever. Anyway, that's all. I think Constance is just walking <laughs> forward, expecting something to happen. I am driving the car slowly into the bubble, but I have a feeling that once I get through the bubble, Black Beauty may not work very well anymore. So let's see what happens. Beep, beep. Coming through. You begin to drive forward, and as as you sort of pull up alongside Dorian, he like flashes you just like a big grin and like makes a pulling down the window motion. I mean, that window is, I think that's one of the ones that got, wait. Is it, oh, yeah, is... it's the broken one. Yeah, he just pulls up alongside your car and leans in. It's just like, can you feel it, JR? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can definitely feel it. Like, I know this is probably fine for you. It's like a little much for me, my dude. It's, um, it's a lot. But yes, I can feel it. He like twirls around. He does like a pirouette and like holds his arm out. And you can see like the hairs on his arm are standing up. And he's like, I've got chills, JR. They're multiplying. Oh, man. This is like genuine Dorian, and it's a little unsettling. I cannot (laughs) lie. He probably hasn't been in this kind of magic in thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dorian, like, do something. Like, uh, uh, can pull a rabbit out of a hat? (laughs) Do your little tricks. Do Do your little magic. (laughs) Dorian runs over to... Constance, where are you? I think I'm probably just a couple of steps ahead of Dorian. I'm just roaming around half expecting someone to accost me, but I'm like maybe a foot or two away from Dorian. I'm not far. Dorian runs up to you, Constance, and like holds out a hand like to dance. I take it. He starts leading you in like a very extravagant and elegant waltz. And then row plus cool at the very end sort of shifts into like a swing and spins you out. And as he does, his cloak twirls and from it, a fountain of red roses just shower this like whole area. Constance mm. claps. Okay. And Dorian okay. bows. All right, that was pretty cool. That was. Alvin eats the roses. Well, <laughs> Alvin. Tears them out. <laughs> oh God. And you can see, you know, I think even before Dorian's display, Folks were a little uncomfortable in this space. I don't think seeing Dorian do this has made them any more comfortable, but like <laughs> most of your mortal human compatriots are uneasy at this point. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. Dorian is. Magic <laughs> he is, is an uneasy scary person. Also. Yeah. Uh Quinn, I would like to look around, perhaps to read a bad situation, see if there's anything bad. JR, you survey the immediate area and nothing sort of immediately seems threatening. I mean, 
the wall of the sphere is still there. And looking out, it's actually almost more distorted than trying to look in. But other than that, things look about the same. Mm. Aside from this feeling, this feeling deep in your bones, things seem normal. The feeling deep in my bones is bad, right? It's not a like, oh, this is great. Well, it's the current, the humidity of of magic just like seeping into your skin. Woof, this is really gross. I feel kind of sweaty. Um, Quinn, could I do something really small magical that would not require me to roll? Could I like, oh, um, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to hold out my hand and I'm going to see if I can make like a little flame in the palm. You try to make a little flame and it's just like a burst of fire. Oh, like fuck. A, a jet shoots straight up. <laughs> Obviously, no, like no one's hurt, but it just right. like is uh, ignition switch. Shit, Dorian, you weren't kidding. Isn't it amazing? Uh, it's a lot. Like, amazing for you. For humans, this is a lot. He catches himself a little bit and looks around at everyone and kind of sees everyone's demeanor and sort of reads the room a little bit, Uh tempers his exuberance ever so slightly and says, yes, right. Uh, You probably feel perhaps not as I did, but similarly out of water. We should keep going. I think Constance puts a hand on Dorian's shoulder and kind of gives him like a knowing look. It's hard to read what Constance is feeling right now, whether it's concern or not. She doesn't seem to be showing it, but she is seeing things a little bit more from Dorian's point of view. And it's interesting to her. Alvin, what have you been doing? As soon as we passed through the veil, I think Alvin's mouth just started uncontrollably watering. I think his senses have just like attuned to this place sharply and every now and then he sees or he like senses some presence or some fluctuation in this thick humidity that he's like snapping out at with his jaws it's not unlike i'm always using our dog as an example but it's not unlike our dog out in the yard when <laughs> the true inspiration like, for alvin's character little bees and bugs and flies are flying around and he'll like out of nowhere, like just snap over to the right and try to get these little bugs and have like bursts of hunter instinct. He can sense the fluctuations of this place and his like hearing and smell and sight are just like in crisp, sharp contrast. And I think as Constance moves ahead and, and Dorian has sort of surveyed the scene, he waits up a little bit and pulls up to, to walk alongside you. Mm-hmm. It's strong. Extremely. It's not like otherwhere. Otherwhere, I could, I was still myself. To have never known the presence of magic truly, I can only imagine, Guardian. Is there something I can do? Breathing exercises or. (sighs) (laughs) Snap! (laughs) Try to focus on those things that ground you. For lack of a better term, the things that make you human. Hopefully that will hold your sensibilities. Dorian can tell that Alvin is trying very hard to think of earthly things and strongest among them, I think, are Sarah and Leon. And I don't think Dorian says anything more, but he just walks alongside you. Yeah, I think Alvin is working on mental blinders to try to focus his senses forward. You and your allies press on deeper into the paracosm. And it's not too long before you see something up ahead of you. The Elkhorn River Bridge. 
It's probably only been inside the sphere for an hour, maybe two, but it's already starting to show signs of change. Oh. As you get closer, you can see that the surface is warped and disjointed, broken in places and curved unnaturally in others. There are several sections that have been transformed from bright steel and black asphalt to a polished glassy blue. And the archways are intact, but you can see every so often they pulse like heartbeats running through a vein. And as you get closer beneath the bridge, you can see that the river itself has been replaced by a flowing current of gaseous gold coursing and billowing through the valley, whose embankments are now painted with vibrant striations that bear a striking resemblance to the moonscape. Okay, so the bridge and the river looks like somebody on drugs. It definitely has a psychedelic quality to it. Cool, love it. Well... I guess we go across the bridge. Alvin will take point. I keep feeling like Quinn's going to be like, and then up ahead, a giant monster jumps out and eats you, and then you all die. That's cool. Alvin will take point. <laughs> yeah. Alvin is impossible yeah, to I mean, eat. How, how are you all approaching this? I think I jump on Alvin's back if that's okay with Alvin. Yeah. That way I can just kind of focus on holding my flamethrower. Is this a terrain that's traversable via SUV? Yeah. It would be like off-roading. That's the that's probably the vibes. (laughs) You know, it's uneven. There are parts of the bridge that are sort of like fractured and disjointed a little bit, and then there are other parts that are just sort of like generally uneven. So yeah, I mean, you can do it, but it'll it'll sort of be like a bumpy ride. I think Alvin will try to focus himself by taking the lead in front and trying to scout a best path for Black Beauty, and trying to focus on like his probably Boy Scout days. And just analyzing the physical terrain here, even though the rest of the world around him is neon colors. Alvin, give me a roll to read a bad situation. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. One of my best skills. Okay, it's not a zero Can anymore. I help out since I'm on him? Yeah, sure. Okay. That is a nine for me. Yeah, well, that's a six for me. Ooh. Okay. Alvin, on a seven to nine, hold one. And Constance, you have a miss, which we will deal with in a moment. I mean, I guess since we've been kind of, we've entered, we've walked through this bubble quite a bit. So far, it seemed just full of magic, but otherwise, okay. I think the most pressing question is, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Alvin, as you are surveying, uh, making your way cautiously across the Elkhorn River Bridge, you hear the groaning of of metal shifting. Uh Uh-oh. And you have a moment to react. Up to this sound. Left. Up left. <laughs> okay. What what does that what does that mean though? <laughs> oh, just I just hear the metal groaning. I presume this is coming from underneath. Actually, it's coming from the support cables. Ah. You can see that they are straining against their attachment to the bridge. First thing is just in a in one leap back to Black Beauty and with an urgency bark. Alvin, you leap backwards, and Constance, your failure here, I think you are also trying to keep an eye out and really doing a diligent job, unfortunately too diligently, because when Alvin leaps, you fall off, and you go rolling onto the bridge just as these cables that are running from the archway to the main span break away and begin whipping back and forth wildly like the tail of a plussed cat. So the cables have broken, but the bridge isn't collapsing. The cables are just... Not right now. organically. Yes. And Constance, you are sort of caught up ahead in the midst of this. Great, great, great. I would like to throw up a protection bubble. Okay, give me a roll to use magic. Let's do this. 
I rolled a seven, and then I have two, and uh, so it's a nine. Glitchy, glitch. Actually, glitch. Mm-hmm. JR, yeah. as you summon the magical energy around you, mm-hmm. you feel it flow more easily than it ever has, and stronger too. All of you are going to take a plus one on going to any move that uses weird. Oh. Ooh. Okay, so that bumps Ooh. it up to a 10. <laughs> sexy magic. Love some sexy magic. Uh, okay, so on a 10 so plus, the 10. magic works as intended. Yep. You throw up your signature barrier spell. And <laughs> Constance, you, you have like a split second life flashing before your eyes as one of these cables swings towards you. And then it clangs harmlessly against the barrier spell, whips off, and then another one hits. They're not targeting you specifically, but like you're just sort of caught in the, the maelstrom here. I just want to note that my thought as it was coming towards me was, I still haven't ever tried oatmeal with oat milk in it. <laughs> and then it turns out I have time to still do that. Oh, it's a paradox. A serial yeah. paradox. Serial paradox. Glad I was able to give you that opportunity. Hopefully, <laughs> please don't squander it. <laughs> I mean, I we'll mean see. But yes, I, I think uh, Constance looks at Jr. and goes, "Whew! Thank you." Uh, okay, so I think that means we need to get off this bridge. Yeah, Alvin's bounding back to Constance. Yeah. And in fact, as the two of you make this decision, you can feel the bridge underneath you starting to move. In an un- in a decidedly unsettling way. <laughs> oh, it, it's mad! It's mad at us. Okay. Cool. Think of like a very large creature starting to wake up. Yeah, angry okay. bridge. <laughs> angry bridge. So, Alvin, you are you are bounding ahead to pick up Constance. Yeah, yeah, I'm leaping back to where where I was, leaning down, doing a big stretch so that she can get on. Do you feel like this is a protect someone, or do you feel like this is a no limits to sort of like get through? I feel like it's kind of protecting. Okay. Give me a roll to protect someone. That's a 10. On a 10 plus, you protect them and you get to choose an extra effect. I think probably you suffer little harm. Yeah, so Alvin, you bound forward towards Constance and I do think you catch a few of these cables, these cables that are whipping back and forth and uh, you're going to, well, you would have taken two harm, now one harm and I believe now zero harm Not with your move. So you are yeah. slapped by these cables, but it doesn't ultimately hurt you, and you reach Constance's position inside of JR's protective barrier. Constance goes, good boy, and jumps on. Okay. JR, slightly further back, you can see the bridge starting to almost form like an inverted V structure. It's like the center is sort of pushing upwards, and you can see those cracks growing. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like a drawbridge is forming. I'm going to gun it. I'm going to gun it. Yeah, you are. Yep. JR and yep. Jasper in the front driver's seat clasp hands as they go. Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> JR, give me a act under pressure uh, and right. take the plus one for your driver. Okay. Hey. Nice. All I right. never seldom well, used see. skill in Monster Hour Pod. <laughs> Look, it's the final. Uh, it's the final show. Oh, holy shit. That's a 12. Oh, my. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and you have Act Under Pressure Advanced, if I recall correctly. I do not have it Advanced. Uh, no. I have Advanced okay. Manipulate, and I Advance Use Magic. I do not have Advanced. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Constance has the Act Under Pressure Advanced. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is still very cool. JR, your hands grip the steering wheel. You gun Black Beauty. And just as this bridge is starting to split in two and the angle is getting steeper and steeper, you sail over. 
and I think as you go through, you like crash through several of these cables. Some of them bounce off, some of them snap, and you land with a loud crash, completely clearing the bridge on the other side of the Elkhorn River. Nice. Oh man, that was dope. Alvin, the bridge is I do the apart. same thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me a no limits roll. <laughs> And uh, don't forget your plus one bonus for using a weird move. Oh, everyone gets, oh boy. Well, that's, oh, yeah. Ex- yeah. that's very exciting. That is a, a very sexy, very that sexy. That is a classic one. good boy 13. Oh, okay. shit. Uh, you have no limits advanced on a 12 plus. Pushing yourself to the limits activates the power of your supernatural ancestry. You may choose an extra effect. Now, I know what I wanted to do, but now that I looked at it, I might see what you got for this and say, you awaken a memory from your bloodline that provides insight into your current situation. Interesting. (laughs) I'm in magic now. I haven't been in this situation since my ancestral bloodline. Yeah. um, Kyle, here's my idea. I think what would be cool is if like your guardian ancestry revealed something about like how you can sort of keep the magic under control. Oh, yeah. But I don't know what that is. Uh, Uh, So like, what is the thing do we think that like helps the beasts of legend stay in control and like help each other stay in control? Maybe it's guardians have some way of tapping into like the magnetism of the earth, of the world itself, like ancient magnetic ley lines of this world that predate magic. Mm, Interesting. Okay. Crystals, Quinn. It's a uh, salt crystals. Crystals. Mm-hmm. Salt crystals. It's salt. <laughs> salt crystals in the earth. This is what this is what gardens do. This is why there's always a salt lick back at the cave. It's why I cannot keep my goddamn Himalayan salt lamp anywhere near Alvin because I come out and it's just like half gone. It's salt and sugar, and this is why Alvin likes snacks. <laughs> Constance would just like it to be noted that it's technically her <laughs> salt lamp, but you uh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Alvin, you bound forward and leap over this this widening gap in this bridge as it is coming undone in a utterly wild and otherworldly way. And as you do, there's a moment in the air where you are completely weightless. And suddenly you're in a different moment. You are traveling with a pack of great beasts wolves, coyotes, and other canines bounding through a vast open expanse. And up ahead of you, you can see that there is a small village and you sense, you sense in one of your kin, a hunger. You can feel the rest of the pack rally around them and share this moment of weightlessness where all you can feel is the movement of the earth. That slow, steady, circular motion, older than magic itself, that grounds you. And then you're back, and you land on the the other side of the bridge and, and bound forward a few steps before coming to a halt. And you know now how your guardian ancestors dealt with the intoxicating allure of magic. I know where north is. <laughs> True north cool as you land next to black beauty a a little beat up but uh still pretty well intact 
you and the Daylight Society see this bridge split in two and the cables plant themselves in the ground and it starts moving. Uh, Almost walking. No. These two halves. Oh no. Oh no. Twin. Gross. One half moving out the way you came and the other half starting to head your direction. Oh, we gotta go. Spider bridge. Spider bridge. Da 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 da, da spider bridge. Does whatever can it a kill bridge does? Your That's favorite fine. characters, yes it can. <laughs> it's spider bridge. <laughs> it's Watch a bridge. out. Gonna catch you We're all gonna die. Uh, I would like to. Yeah, what do y'all do? Got I'm it. just imagining you all like singing this the, the spider bridge <laughs> song. The bridge. This thing, oh Jesus, we gotta like, go. Slowly, inexorably, <laughs> is advancing upon you. I mean, again, I'm cool. on Alvin. So... Yeah, Constance is singing and Alvin is running. Yeah, I think okay. Constance pats Alvin on the head like we gotta go, and then is singing the tune to keep everyone pumped while Alvin jumps jumps about. Yeah, I think I'm gonna step on the gas. All right, you all take off, uh, and this thing is not moving particularly quickly, and so you outpace it readily, and it disappears in the rearview mirror behind you. Thank God it's not a fast bridge. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning into a very surreal and sinister episode 61 of Monster Hour. Listen, if you want to dress up as the Spider Bridge for Halloween this year, I am certainly not going to stop you. A little bit of news to share with you all here at the top of the intermission. My wife and I welcomed our little monster into the world last Sunday. Both mom and baby are healthy and doing great. The three of us are settled in back at home, and we are absolutely head over heels in love. I am completely smitten. It is absolutely life-changing. I'm I'm rambling now because I simply do not have the words. Uh, it came a few uh, weeks earlier than expected, but luckily I have had two plus years of three willful hunters teaching me to plan for the unexpected. So uh, we are doing our best to keep everything on schedule. We're still on schedule right now, but you know if uh, if that changes a little bit, hopefully you will will bear with us and bear with me as I start this new adventure of being a dad. In some related, if uh, less life-changing, good news, we also reached our $250 a month goal on Patreon. This will mean we will be able to hire an editor for Season 2, which one week into Parenthood, I can confidently assure you, is the only way that a Season 2 would happen, because the real monster is sleep deprivation. A huge thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for helping us get to this point. And hey, if you've been thinking about joining the Patreon but haven't done it yet, don't let this deter you. In addition to helping cover our hosting, equipment upgrades, commissions, and more, our Patreon backers get access to special episodes, playbooks, GM notes, a map of firmament, and even more cool stuff that we have in the works right now. So if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by heading to patreon.com slash monster hour or by clicking the link in the show notes. As we approach the finale here, I also want to remind folks that we have a Discord channel over on the Cast Junkie Discord server. If you're looking for a place to discuss the latest episode, share your theories, or just a space to process when the end of this campaign arrives, there is, again, a link in the show notes that will take you straight there. Our spooky spotlight this week is $2 Creature Feature, a fellow Monster of the Week actual play podcast following the supernatural adventures and otherworldly exploits of Severus Savardi's Traveling Fun Fair. 
Hey, this is Mr. Ray, and this is $2 Creature Feature. We're a Monster of the Week actual play podcast set at Severus Savardi's Traveling Fun Fair, a carnival in the 1960s. We follow the adventures of Dor. Dora's going to first check to make sure that her, her army jacket, which is tied around her waist as usual, is fully covering her gun. Oh yeah, you take your gun out with you. Nemo. <laughs> no, no, stop it, stop it. I'm not edible for you. <laughs> I'm basically a corpse as well, just a, 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 a cleaner one. And Sybil. So imagine uh, an ethereal tentacle sprouting from the middle of your forehead, and on the tip of that is an eye. And it's nothing like that, but it helps you. Sybil, if it's okay with you, I think maybe I won't imagine that. They solve mysteries and hunt monsters. We're released bi-weekly on Fridays on your preferred podcast host. And remember, if you see something, slay something. That's all I've got for you this week, folks. We'll be back with episode 62 of Monster Hour on November 9th. See you then. You all travel deeper into the paracosm. As you do, you slowly lose sight of the edge of the sphere. It disappears beyond the horizon, even though it isn't really that far away. You also notice that as you continue, you should be able to see CNL, but you can't. The distance is wrong here. The further in you move, the less the landscape bears any resemblance to the area that used to surround CNL either. The ground is increasingly covered in patchwork blooms of unnatural color, perfectly smooth and glossy. The edges shift and change constantly, lapping over one another like crisscrossing waves. As you move further, you start to see tufts of downy, cotton candy-looking foliage, which occasionally break away from the earth and float off like colorful clouds. Arboreal formations, composed entirely of crystal, spring up from the ground. There are surreal alien land masses too, like those in the moonscape, but unlike the ones in the moonscape, these shapes are not static. Narrow columns twist and spin like giant towers of clay being spun. Stalagmite spears shoot up from the ground and then slowly recede. Occasionally, the whole terrain shifts gently like a swell in the ocean. At one point in the distance, you can make out a massive shape that bursts forth from the earth and then falls back into it like a whale. Quinn, what the fuck? Don't get stabbed by the ground knives. No. (laughs) It is increasingly clear that reality is not coming undone, but being reimagined. Do we think this is what Augie had in mind? Do we think he was like, you know what? I saw the cotton candy hands. They were truly a thing of, of beauty. So you More know what I want is I want Cotton Candy World. Like, 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 <laughs> Augie, what was, was this really part of the plan? Because this feels like it's gone off script a bit. Pax looks at you worriedly and they say, it seemed like he needed more people to believe. Maybe this is what happens when there's not enough. Or too many. That's giving him a lot of... A lot of credit here. Could be magic is there, but can't get a grip on it. 
and it's just flowing chaotically from the seal. Or maybe he likes spiky ground. We don't know his preferences. Constance turns to Dorian and says, Dorian, are we essentially in an Inception type thing? Like, should we be following dream rules here? We are in an area that is suffuse with magical power. And it seems that Augie's control is perhaps not as robust as he believed. He's Great. Sucks. I don't know if Dream... He sucks at his magic. Augie sucks. He can't hear you. I don't care. That's not the point. Constance, I would not assume that this is a dream world, but I believe it is perhaps time to reconsider what you think is possible. Close enough for me. Constance walks over to Dorian, points at her flamethrower. So, um, can we do some stuff here? Like jet propulsion? Why are we on the ground trying to work our way through? Why don't we just fly somewhere? Let's have a little fun. How? I'm trying to figure out what to do with this. <laughs> I mean, you're presenting us with a magical realm. I'm gonna have a little magical fun. I mean, I made this world. I have to let you play in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, why are we wasting our time? Let's magic our way over. We got stuff to do. I think Dorian looks at you, Constance, and flashes like a, a really cheeky grin, takes hold of your hand, and then puts his other hand on the flamethrower. And suddenly you feel this intense pressure as you turn it on and it, it pushes you up and then back because you don't have a hold on it. But Constance, you have a jetpack now. Yeah, I do. I do a flip in the air and uh, I literally go. Wee! <laughs> I think that's valid. Let's do I think this. That's super fucking valid. I think as this is happening, there is a loud screeching boom overhead as a dark object streaks through the sky. Even through the sphere's distortion, I think you all recognize a fighter jet when you see one. Oh, damn. Oh. As it zips past, oh, an object no. drops out from its undercarriage. No! A bomb headed straight towards you. The group begins to panic, but before anyone can do anything, there's a shift in the air around you. Uh. The pressure drops, and that thick humidity abruptly dissipates. As it does, a harlequin bolt of lightning leaps across the horizon and strikes the edge of the sphere just as the bomb crosses the threshold. There's a bright flash and a clap of thunder, and suddenly, raining down from the dome above you, are thousands upon thousands of daisies. And then, with a rush, that humidity returns, stifling, almost suffocating. There's a sharp shift in pressure that causes everyone's ears to pop. As it does, you can feel every hair on your skin stand on end. The ground around you begins to move, mounting up on itself to form shapes around you. I need everyone to roll with the stat that best represents the strength of your character. Oh. Well, that would be tough. Alvin, you are going to take a minus one on this as the visions from your interaction with one of Val's believers, those flashes of that mm. idyllic family life with you and your father and Sarah and Leon flash before your eyes again. Okay. So, Constance and JR, what do you believe best represents the strength of your character? Oh, man. Sharp. I mean, that for Constance, right. it's sharp. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Certainly not tough. That would have been hilarious. Yes. <laughs> uh, my secret strength. <laughs> because your art was specifically weird, and that makes sense. But I, I think sharp represents you as yeah. a whole. Yes. That was kind of my logic for tough over weird as well. Yeah. JR? I don't know. I was going to say charm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Charm or, or maybe weird, but I, I think charm makes a lot of sense. I think mm-hmm. charm. Okay. I got an eight. I got a 10. What's Ooh. up? What's up? So sharp. I got a 12. Oh, okay. It gets better and better. <laughs> wow. All right. This is going to go pretty well for y'all. I love Finally. hearing that. I love yes. hearing that. I mean, I have a jetpack. It's already going pretty well for me. <laughs> when you interact with pure, unadulterated magic, roll the stat that best represents the strength of your character. JR and Constance. On a 10 plus, magic delivers what you need. What do you need right now? Oh. I mean, like, in life? Or like right now? Whatever, like literally whatever you think the answer to that question is. Like, what would JR need right now? Like a weapon, strength, like like Um, a clear path? Imagine a better world, JR. (laughs) (laughs) We can also start with Constance if we want. Yeah. Con- uh, Tio, do you okay. have any ideas? Because I'm right now, I'm kind of like. I do. Uh, it kind of is like a path forward. Constance is ready for a resolution. What Constance wants is to be done with this. We have a goal in mind, and she's ready to just get there already and do it. The anxiety, the buildup, she feels, she literally can see everyone's heart rate. Mm -hmm. Everyone is anxious. Everyone is nervous. She's ready to just do it. She wants to dive in. So um, I think in in the context of where we are, that probably looks like a clear path forward to the seal. Constance, as the ground around you begins to move and in the periphery of your vision, you can see it taking these strange, bizarre shapes all around you and all around your companions. But in front of you, you see a jagged path, slightly raised, carving its way through the earth. And you can tell that it is the path of the lightning heading back to its origin point. That's where we go. JR, what do you need? So Constance has a pathway forward to the lab. I think we need protection from the rest of this. Like, we need to be safe from this, like, weird, trippy Alice in Wonderland landscape that's trying to attack us while we get to the lab. Yeah, I think, JR, around you, you can see a shimmer in the air. It's not quite like your barrier. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have, like, the um, the thickness, I suppose, the opacity. But you do feel as though the surrealness of this place, at least in the wilds of magic, is being kept at bay. Cool. Alvin. Hello. On a seven to nine, magic will offer you what you want, not what you need. Huh. Snacks. Alvin, what do you want? Snacks. <laughs> I knew. What do you really want? I yeah. knew where this was going the I minute. mean... It could be (laughs) Um, In the instance there, it's this seems like an extraordinarily dangerous place. And he's been thinking of these two people the whole time. Sarah, he's always been confident in her ability to take care of herself. And he wants Leon safe. I think before you, the ground is sort of welling up, mounding up into almost like a small karst. And slowly it takes shape. It rounds out like it's being sculpted into a humanoid appearance. And very quickly, 
you see Leon standing before you. And he beams a broad smile and he steps up and takes your hand and says, Alvin, you're here. There's a bound, just like a heavy paw fall, a front paw fall, a footfall, another footfall, and then an embrace with human arms. And you embrace Leon. You're safe. I am. Yeah, I... It was wild at first. I, I, you know, I can't, I honestly can't even tell you how I I made it out, but I've just been wandering, trying to get out, trying to find you, and and here you are. I can't believe I finally found you. There's some tears welling up in Alvin's eyes. He says, I I think I wished for you. Well, I guess sometimes wishes really do come true. Alvin's human face turns to the rest of the the party. It's Leon. Hey, everyone. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Do we see him? Oh yeah, is Leon like actually there? Or is this his figment of... Constance and JR. Alvin turns and Leon is standing next to him. Oh, okay, good. And from Alvin's forehead, you see two white bars starting to push out from his temples. Oh no! Ah. Oh I no! See. And all around you, you see your companions standing before various strange shapes. Some of them are, are clear. Some of them are very esoteric. I think you can see Pax standing before a really winsome-looking, older-suited FBI agent. In front of Stan is, like, Sasquatch. <laughs> Jenny, you can see, is, is holding a guitar now. She didn't have one before, but she's holding one now. Jasper is walking into a, a building that has a prospector sign outside of it. And, <laughs> and running sort of in between all of them is Dorian trying to shake them out of it. I go up to Dorian. I'm like, this is why we needed protection from the resin. We've all got resin everywhere. This is always what happens. You think it's not going to get on the garage floor, and that's exactly what it does. Constance, now is not the time. You know, it might be the only time. What can we do? How do we fix it? I don't know, Constance. They're your friends. It's magic. We just need to break its hold over them. And as he says that, he he takes your hand and he grabs Jasper by the collar and like yanks him back from the prospector door, pins him down to the ground and starts like snapping his fingers. And each with each snap, there's like a flash of light in front of Jasper's eyes. And he turns to you, Constance, and says, do whatever you can, whatever you can to break the spell. Constance assumes that JR is going to do magic. So Constance immediately goes to what she can do. So I... I gun it full force to Alvin with my jetpack. I'm literally going to sweep him off his feet. Constance, like, this is amazing. Him. I wished and he oof. Uh, <laughs> you carried me. It's my turn to carry you, buddy. It was <laughs> done that I carried you. You know, Constance, this is a weird way to use the move, but it's a physical action and you're trying to save Alvin. Give me a roll to protect someone. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we're going to we're going to get me some new dice. Oh no. This oh was a double God. one, which actually becomes just a singular one oh, because no. I have a minus one to tough. No. So that's a one. My yeah. goodness. Oh my God. On a miss, you wind up making things worse. Constance, I think you activate your jetpack, but instead of sweeping Alvin off his feet, you just kind of collide with him. Uh, and both of you are going to take one harm as you like Fair. knock him to the ground and like both of you go tumbling end over end. And Leon runs after the two of you like, oh my god, are you, t- are you t- okay? Ah! Alvin Leon! starts growing fur. Oh god. What are you doing? At least he can talk to us now. This is an improvement. I think Constance just looks at Alvin and is like, believe it or not, I am trying to help. This isn't 
real. I don't know how else to tell you this. You're being whammied. And then I like yell like, JR, a little help. So we've got Jenny's got the guitar. Stan's standing in front of the Squatch. Jasper got yanked away from the fictional prospector. I'd like to kind of blast away some of these things with like a little bit of fire. Like right when we stepped into the bubble and I was like, what can I do? And instead of just making like a little bit of fire, I made like a wall or a tower of fire. Yeah. Give me a roll to use magic. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to call this a creative use of Perfect. banish a spirit or curse. Okay. Uh, it's a nine. Did you add the plus one? Oh, wait. That's weird. a ten. That's a ten then. Okay. On a 10 plus, the magic works as intended. Yay! What does this look like, JR? I think I'm like just running past people and like blast to the squatch, blast to the guitar, uh, blast to- Leon? Uh, well, Leon's actually there, isn't he? Do we- He's I there think as- I think it's a projection. He's there just as much as the Sasquatch is. Yeah, I think it's a projection. This is like whamming you oh, to think- Oh, man. Do I have to kill Leon? It's not real Leon, though. That's what I'm saying. I think these are magic. Like, this is magical wish fulfillment, right? Okay. This stuff is made out of nothing. This is All Warehouse right. 13 style trying to keep you lulled into a sense of complacency by giving you what it thinks you want. That is such a fucking good show, by the way. Yes. <laughs> such a good show. Um, okay. I look at Alvin and I go, I'm sorry, this isn't the real Leon. And I like put my both of my hands together and I blast Leon. Please don't hate me. JR, one by one, you knock down these facsimiles. And as you strike them, they lose their composure and they, they return to being just ground, to being earth, to being soil, and they fall back down. And at the very end, you raise your two hands and shoot a burst of fire and hit Leon square in the chest. Alvin and howls he, and tries to leap in front of the way, but is just not fast enough. I mean, do you want to give me a roll to protect someone? I think I don't make it there in time because I was I was knocked away by a jetpack wearing okay. constant. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. <laughs> it's not like I just fell over. <laughs> and you knock the top half off of Leon. And the rest just sort of crumples away into dirt. He's not real, Alvin. We have to find the real Leon. And we will find the real Leon. But he's not here. There's a howl and he's back in in Kyle Thorne. Oh, no. Uh, What happens to the wires? A small howl. I'm trying to think if Alvin needs to roll again or not. Um, I guess I would put it to you, Alvin. Seeing Leon sort of crumple like this... Do you feel you would be at terms with it, or would you be angry? I think that's torn and conflicted, particularly because this blasting these things isn't like, there's not a singed body of Leon there now. It's a bit like poofed into dirt, so there's a confusion there. If you're confused, I think let's have you roll. This is a game. We roll dice. JR, as you say this, I think you see those two white, sleek plastic bits protruding out from Alvin's temples, moving closer over his eyes. You can see they're they're still sort of growing. And Alvin, I need you to give me another roll plus tough, your strength. Uh, But this time it's going to be a minus two. Minus two. (gasps) It gets tougher. It's tougher, yeah. Every time. (laughs) It's okay. Feel good about this. Oh, I didn't mean that as a pun. I meant it. It means (laughs) literally makes more difficult. Oh, no. Uh Oh, no. Dad puns. I rolled a nine. My tough minus two is plus one. 
That's a 10. That's a 10. Oh, shit. Woo, woo, woo. Alvin, you see Leon crumble, and you feel this confusion, but as it happens and as you hear JR's voice, I think deep down, you know it wasn't real. I mean, it was real. It just wasn't the real Leon. And as you realize this, you can feel something pushing out from your temples. Yeah, I think he's in a half form. It looks awful, I'll be honest. This is a monstrosity sort of picture going on here, but he grabs with huge furry arms these two pieces growing out of his temples and with a yell of frustration and loss and anger, just pulls as hard as he can. And we see you rip these two pieces of Imagine Lab's headset out from your head. And there's a little bit of, of blood that dribbles down, but given your fast healing, I think the one harm you would suffer from doing this scabs over. Okay. But even as you remove the growing device, you still see flashes on the periphery of your vision of that scene at the old farm. Yeah, I think the, the form is having trouble settling on human or full coyote. Around the three of you, Pax and Dorian are working quickly to to right your allies. It looks like given Dorian's work and, and JR's quick action, no one was um, waylaid. Everyone is accounted for. It's good because we can't lose a single person. We can't. Nope. <laughs> nope. And uh, I think everyone circles up uh, warily, haggardly around you. Uh, and Galvan says, all right, let's keep moving. Where to? I look at the path that was laid out for me and I'm like this way we've got a ways to go and I just start walking sorry not walking jet packing <laughs> flying committed to it <laughs> yes I think Dorian looks at the path nods and follows you and everyone else starts to follow with the path there uh, with determination Alvin resumes coyote form for hmm. carrying and speed I mean, you got to keep up with the jetpack. What else are you going to do? Keep up with the jetpack for sure. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's pile back on. How does Black Beauty look, by the way? Uh, has the magic begun to affect it? Is it starting to look like like Rad the magic school bus? It's got flame decals. Flame? Yeah, flames. I think Jr. You can see that parts of the surface are starting to uh, show signs of similar to the to the bridge, and honestly, the ground beneath you. These like blots of of strange color that are like glassy and smooth. It's 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 fucking weird. <laughs> it's weird, but it's uh it's only just beginning. It hasn't like fully taken over the vehicle, but like it's it's happening. Okay. All right. Well, let's keep trucking. Like beauty's last ride. You all continue on the path that Constance divined, this jagged lightning bolt. You travel for an indeterminate amount of time. And throughout it's just this vast otherworldly landscape until at last you can see your destination in the distance. Before you looms a towering edifice that refuses to comport to the contours of reality. The hard lines and alien curves of its architecture ought to invoke dissonance, but every inch looks right as you behold it. It's formed of steel and stone, grass and glass, natural and synthetic. The intricate facade of the structure shifts constantly like rippling water. Bursts of brilliant color blossom in blotches across the surface before quickly receding, only to be replaced by an equally vibrant new pattern. Spires and steeples reach up towards the broken sky, bending and twisting in supplication to a singularly brilliant point of light aloft in the air above. 
the phantasmagorical remnants of CNL. Equal parts cathedral and graveyard.